everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 3, Episode 8. It is called The Price. So full spoilers for the episode as always. And first things first, I mean we knew from the description, you know, gleaned into it, but this is very much a Deanna Troy Love episode and those have not had a good track record so far. Not had a lot of them admittedly, there's only been one or two per season, but <laughs> that's already quite a lot it's, it's, it's more than I would like it's more than yeah. I would like and the sad part is is I feel like the actual premise of this episode which is this this planet this alien race on this planet uh, have like a, a, a sort of natural wormhole that appears near them but it's stable which makes it notable it's a stable wormhole and they think oh hey this is like I, the, the term they use is a natural resource this is something they can actually use uh, within the the galactic civilization to to make a profit uh not in a, even a greedy way just in a oh we've got something we can trade now so we can maybe like level up here a little bit by using that this because makes sense it's not a malicious idea no as they say they, they don't have the technology to sort of exploit it themselves so the idea is, is that of this episode is that we have a negotiators one from the federation a human you know one from i mean there's a human ral's a human representing the chrysalians but you know he's there on their behalf and there's another couple of representatives there to negotiate and sort of decide that you know and this alien race will decide who they want to give it to uh so okay this is who we're going to deal with so they're all there to make their pitches to gain access to this this uh, wormhole which will basically serve as a portal to another part of space uh obviously it gets a bit more complex later on but at least at first they think at least the gamma quadrant which would take like five years to get to at top speed uh later of course it's the delta quadrant which is nine years uh, give or take uh, based on what they say later so uh so you can see the appeal of this. It's like, okay, this, this is a nice little tunnel point where all of a sudden, even if you're not going quite that far, it'll be quicker to go through the wormhole and then sort of double back than it would to just go there. So nice little nice little bridge. Uh, and of course, by the end of the episode, we see that that's not actually that feasible and uh, it leads to some... Uh, for Ferengi, of course, there's, there's not, you can't have a, a negotiation when money's involved without the Ferengi popping up on oh, Star okay. Trek, can we now? Little bastards just have to show the faces. Yeah, which sadly takes one of my favourite little moments of the episode, actually, is uh, where they're, they're asking where the chairs are, and the lead Ferengi says to Picard, hey, have your, have your Klingon servant here, go get us some chairs. And Picard quite rightly says, this is, you know, or I think even Worf jumps in and says, I'm the head of security. He's like, yes, he's the head of our security. He's like, well, who gets the chairs? <laughs> who gets the chairs? <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> but I mean, you've got to you've got to take what you can get when it's an episode like this. And Picard's like, oh, you can have my chair, but only one of you. The all two have to go piss off to somewhere else. Uh, yeah. the, the the actual core idea of this this you know, this you know financial bidding war essentially for for this 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 service. I actually like that just in the sense of like, okay, here's a really practical application of a sci-fi concept in Star Trek. That part I I like the concept of. I think it's it's interesting that. That describes a good percentage of the shitty episodes that we've had throughout the entire show in that there's a good concept in what should be the main plot, but then they take the terrible subplot and devote 80% of the time to that instead. Yeah, I'd say at least half of the bad episodes are like that. And Next Gen specifically. Not Original yes. series was different. Original series was different. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's true. That's true. So basically this... Uh, this, uh, what did I say? It was Ral. The, the dude from Police Academy 6 is uh, what I was thinking of uh, throughout. 
I haven't seen Police Academy 6, so forgive me. Yes, uh, Res Ral, uh, played by Matt McCoy, apparently his name is. Uh, he's got a very smarmy voice and face, and but immediately... Very, very punchable face. Yeah, Deanna Troy, as soon as she sees him, is like, oh, shiver me timbers. Like, that's basically the look she gives him immediately as soon as she sees him. Uh, we find out later that he's also an empath, he's also part betazoid. And it's actually, you know, it's his dirty tactic because he doesn't tell anyone that, but he's in there negotiating and manipulating people and like, oh, I sense this, I sense that. Uh, that's kind of his thing. Again, that core idea, the idea that there's someone in there who's like a betazoid, who's who's like, who's not told anyone, like, that, again, that's actually, it's not a bad concept for, the, for an episode with this plot. Uh, yeah, I actually, one of the recent-ish Star Trek books, because I was reading a couple of them, um, not so long ago. One of the Discovery tie-in ones. Booker, actually played, Booker, Booker comic. A uh, book. book. Oh. Uh, played with that idea because it was it was a, a Betazoid, but before they were kind of out to the, the you know the, the humans that they could have have this mm. ability. And it was, you know, one of them kind of playing with that idea. Yeah. I, I actually, that part of it, I, um, again, conceptually, totally fine. Uh, the problem is, of course, is that it spends a lot of time with them awkwardly because st- he does this thing where he kind of he, he plays kind of a forceful hand on her where you know after they meet for the first time properly in her chambers he's like oh don't be counselor troy and she's like was i he's like yes you were and he gets really intense with her uh gonna get changed uh, yeah he's gonna get changed we're going to dinner tonight and she kind of falls for him and they have there's like a couple of romantic scenes where they're lying in bed or they're having dinner there's a scene where she's with a crusher and they're doing like aerobics and like she's they're basically just having girl talk about this new guy she's met uh and all the dialogue in that scene felt really forced to me the way she's talking about him it's like oh it's wonderful and dangerous but maybe i should slow down and maybe i was like it's terrible yeah i, I just i don't know all, all of that stuff was just kind of cringeworthy uh which is sad because the last episode was i think the best episode of the season so far this episode is slung shot the other way <laughs> where it may be the worst it, like I'm I'm willing to assume that it is. Yeah, it probably is. Um, like I say, it's sad because there is parts or, or IDs in here that I like, and even stuff relating to the the, the romance plot aren't terrible. And what I mean by that is the uh, is is him kind of going after because Riker become because basically the 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 Ferengi intentionally make the Federation delegate sick. So and because Picard's the one sort of like uh, officiating these proceedings, he's not allowed to step in as the human representative. So obviously it falls to Riker because he's second in command. So Riker's now negotiating at the table, and the remainder is that he's good at poker, of course. Uh, yeah, before yeah, this, with absolutely no subtlety. No, not at all. I kind of liked it though because he was being a bit of a sarcastic prick. He was like, "Poker is that a game, or what was that?" And Picard's like, "He's very good at poker." Don't... I, I think it was more my problem with the other guy being like, "Do you do you play poker by any chance?" I'm like, "Oh, for God's sake, come on!" Oh sure, yeah, whatever. But like, so all right, so it puts them against each other. This and you know, Troy's got a love interest, and that might you know upset Riker. And I I kind of like the subversion that it subverts that in a little way because. Because Ral kind of goes after Riker because we've seen him kind of like pick on like the fears of the others to kind of make them fall out of the race uh, and sort of give him an advantage. And he tries to kind of do it with the Riker where he brings up Troy. He's like, "Oh, we both love Troy. I can, you know, I I know that about you." And Riker, I kind of I love the performance from Freaks here where he just kind of smiles. He goes, "That's the first mistake you have made. Like you're really good at what you do, but you just made a mistake trying to use that tactic because I ain't going to fall for it." <laughs> Uh, I kind of like that. Again, it's a small thing and a sea of not so great things, but yes, I'm trying to give the props where the props are due. 
Yeah, it, it's not all atrocious. It's not like terrible every second of the episode. It's just the vast majority. It's kind of, I mean, it's honestly, we're getting to a point now where it's kind of fallen into that Buffy territory, right? I'm not just doing this to be up a Buffy reference, but... I think you are. I'm not, I'm not. But it's even in a bad episode of Buffy, you tend to like the characters enough that all their small interactions around the plot that you don't like tends to make it somewhat worth watching, right? And I feel like original series' bad episodes tend to not even get to that point, for the most part. They tend to just be really, like... Because there were longer episodes as well. There were, like, 54 minutes of, yeah. of you know, of bad episode. Here, 45 minutes. The characters, I think, because... And partly because, I mean, hell, keep in mind, we're on season three... The original series only made it to season three, and I think we're at a point now in season three of this show where we're really getting a feel. Even small characters like O'Brien, like there's little jokes with O'Brien now. It's like, oh, hey, it's fun. They're interacting with O'Brien. Like, mm. there's a lot of that going on now where I like the characters enough engaging with each other that even in a bad episode like this, there's all these little things around it that are like, okay, you know what? Even though the episode isn't a good episode, like hell, I have a really good laugh in this episode later later on. So in the main plot. They sent through a probe into the into the wormhole, and it came out the other side, and it was oh, it's in the gamma quadrant. All right, okay, we'll send in a manned probe, right? We'll send in uh, Jordi and Data, and they'll go on a little shuttle, and the Ferengi are like, "You're not going on your own. We're going too." So they get their own little shuttle. Naturally. And I liked all this subplot, by the way. All this was was fine and fun. You, you mean all the stuff that <laughs> Troy wasn't involved in whatsoever? Sure, I wasn't going to phrase it like that, but. Yes, uh, but it's accurate. I think is, uh, and 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 this is this is very much of of correlation and causation being related. Yes. So they go through the wormhole, and then when they get through, they enjoy like, wait, this isn't right. We're supposed to end up in the gamma quadrant. We're in the delta quadrant, and that wormhole is going to go away. We have to go back now. And they, they try to convince the Ferengi to go back with them, and the Ferengi, nah, this is a trick. You're just trying to trick us, Federation. And I actually let out a proper laugh when after after. Data and Jordy go through the wormhole. The Ferengi are laughing and they're like, "Oh, maybe we should go back now too." And then the wormhole just disappears. And there's this moment where they just go, oh! "There's a little gasp," and I just let out a laugh. It was actually really funny, and it's kind of played for laughs later, where like Picard even drops a line where he's like, "Oh, you'll maybe run into your your crewmates in about nine years," and I'm like, "Yeah, they're kind of left out there to die. Like, this really shouldn't be this funny. <laughs> like, yeah. They're screwed." <laughs> but you know, it made me laugh. It was a, it was a fun joke. No, there was. Uh, and there was, there was the joke as well when, uh, I think it was as they were just going through. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was how, you know, oh, yeah, we, we could be stuck out here alone. And it's like, oh, good job you got me to talk to. Uh, something to that effect. Um, oh, yeah, that was, that was that was a nice little moment, yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. And, and you, you could you could almost feel Jordy rolling his eyes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the beautiful thing of it, though, is that with any other characters, the person saying that would be cracking a little joke. Like, they'd know what they were doing, but Data says it genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> and Jordy's like, uh, yeah, let's come back in one piece, shall we? Let's, let's uh, make sure we get back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're kind of best friends, but I still don't want to just be able with you for eternity. Or, to, well, yeah. I say eternity. Until we die. Well, until I die. Data may last a bit longer. <laughs> but, um, I, I, I suspect that sentiment of Yo, I like you a lot, but I don't want to be spending every moment with you. It sums up a lot of people right now. Yeah, it kind of sums up this show in a lot of ways. Uh, and all the other shows we do together, for that matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Nah, that's a lie. We don't like each other that much in the first place. 
Yeah. Um, but we <laughs> so all that stuff entertaining. Uh, Ral's big thing is that he actually has like a, a deal with the Ferengi. He's got like a little con job that he tries to pull, where he's basically making this alien race side with him and the Chrysalians under the guise that the Federation have too many enemies and are, are, are always going to be in conflict with someone and therefore it's dangerous to have them be in charge of this wormhole. And they do this little thing where the Ferengi are going to attack the ship at the end and they say, okay, all hands on deck, red alert, blah, blah, blah. Which, by the way, we talked last episode about how how important and impactful that red alert moment was when he said red alert. This episode, it's like, a, it's like oh, red alert shrug. <laughs> like, I, I guess that's protocol. Yeah, I, I guess we're at a red alert moment now. It means nothing. It, it just it goes to show that the, the, the meaning of what red alert means in the act of doing it is not what makes it work. It's earning it throughout the episode and having the weight of the moment that makes it work when it when it hits properly but uh so so basically troy stands up and says no this is fishy like there was no tension there at all you, you didn't feel tense that and again i laughed at this when she says the you know the ferengi guy didn't feel tense and the phrase like yes i was i was very tense i was going to kill you all <laughs> his reaction also made me laugh so again there's these little things there's the sprinkles the sprinkles throughout yeah. Um, and I, I think it's to I mean to his credit as much as we're saying it's a bad episode and I think overall we're negative on this episode we have stopped and said a lot of little things like oh but this little moment and this little there's a lot there, of those there are a lot of little things but none of them are enough to salvage it that's, no I think of course that's the problem is, is even while you're watching it there, there are moments here or there but they're sprinkled throughout and, and while there are a reasonable amount of them they're never enough to lift the the scene up enough usually to, to, to become a point where it's bearable. It's still usually pretty rough. Well, a lot of them are in their own scenes, though. I mean, I, I mean, oh, no, no, those ones are, but yeah, yeah, a lot of the other little moments, it's just you just feel like, okay, you know, I'm just waiting to get through it still. Yeah. Uh, and basically, they discover because the wormhole's unstable on the other end, this then will become unstable as well. I mean, hell, even if only one end's unstable, it's still kind of useless. Like, you don't know where you're going to pop out. <laughs> like, that, that seems like a bit of a problem. Yeah. Uh, so it's worthless. But he's already made the deal, and he says he's going to honor the deal, and they're still going to pay them whatever they, they promised. Uh, and because the Ferengi, just in case you're, I mean, in case you're listening to this, you've not seen the episode in a while. Because I, I feel like a lot of people who have not watched it in years, you know, they'd like next gen, but they're listening to us talk about it. Uh, the Ferengi, their side of the deal was that they were going to be allowed to use it for free forever. Basically, that was like the deal that he struck up with them. Yeah. Uh, so, because obviously, the idea is here, you'd have to pay a toll to whoever owns it, whoever owned it. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the rights to, the, yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's basically it. the last scenes. You know, one of the uh, every scene where it's just Troy and Ral on their own are obviously the worst scenes of the episode. And there's like a good five of them, I'd say. And this final one where he's like, "Oh, come away with me. Let's run away together." And she's like, "No, two credits." <laughs> that's basically the scene. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't know if I'm just misremembering, um, mm-hmm. but it feels like there are more of those scenes in the first half of the episode. No, I think that's right. I, I think it kind of shifts. Once it's like Jordy and Data going through the portal, it kind of spends a lot more time away from those two as a pair. Yeah, but the the problem is, I think, that because that is the first half or so of the episode is dedicated to those two, mostly, mm-hmm. um, by the time you get halfway through, it's kind of a lost cause because you you're completely out of it by that point. And it doesn't really matter. Even, even if these scenes after are overall of a better quality, it's it's kind of just too late. 
Yeah, every time, every awkward kiss is weird. It's also, it just feels really dated to have her, like, she's just swept off her, off her feet from the moment she sees him. It's just, like, just instant, like, oh, no, there's an attractive man staring at me. I, I am succumb with passion. Like, uh, all of it just feels really dated. It, it, it really feels like a room full of male writers who grew up learning to write stories in the 50s. <laughs> like and are now right i mean and I, i'm sure that's not true for all of them but i just it, it has that feeling to it it has that it feeling does. uh so that is the price uh which is probably been our weakest episode yet but not without uh, some nice little moments or beats the I, I think we're at the point now where even the bad episodes have, have got stuff in them to to kind of like you know, we're, we're at mean, that kind of point in the show if this is the worst it gets in this season then i mean don't say that <laughs> we could be in a worse place don't say that you jinxed it. You're gonna. I know. I know. We're going to end up with some some right turns. Uh, but let's see what's coming next time. Next time, uh, episode nine, we got the Vengeance Factor. I like the title. Good name. Yep. The Enterprise pursues a race of gatherers who continue to raid Federation outposts, unaware of the dangers lurking among them. Yeah, it's a bit vague. A bit, but sounds a bit piratey. I have no objections to the description. That there's no immediate red flags. No, 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 nothing that makes me go. Oh, I'm really interested. But I mean, sure, I'm open to it. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, that is the the vengeance factor. Uh, but yeah, that has uh, has been our Star Trek Next Generation discussion for the episode. So uh, let us know what you think of this one in the comments below. Uh, does it rank amongst your favorite or least favorite Troy Love episodes? Do to tell. <laughs> Do tell in the comments. Uh, but yes, you can do that. You can like and subscribe. You can ding the bell for notifications, of course. You can get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz. You can, of course, support us over at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv for as little as $1 per month and keep all the content coming show your support. Uh, of course, at the $5 tier, you get access to these Star Trek discussions a bit early, as you do with a lot of other content we do. So go and have a look and see if you're interested. Uh, but otherwise, that is pretty much us. Uh, obviously, there's ongoing reviews of new shows uh, going on. We have uh, Tales from the Loop, which just uh, started from Amazon Prime. We're checking that out this week. Uh, so by the time this goes up, that, that first review will already be up, so you can check that out. Uh, Devs is ongoing. Westworld Season 3 is ongoing. So there's all sci-fi shows that we're, we're looking at right now to, to look at. And me and Tara, were doing Picard Season 1. That's obviously finished now, but that's all up and there to, there to watch or listen to. So uh, go and have a look. But that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek, guys. And remember that when it comes to the ladies... Wesley Crusher is in complete control. <laughs>